Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. This is Charlie, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck. Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF of this country podcast. Happy New Year. First, I'm going to say that before I forget. Now, first, he's the man who puts... Do you like my acting there? <laughs> <laughs> good, good. First, he's the man who puts too much sugar in his strawberry jam and then wonders why he's not placed in the jam festival each year. It's Neil! Yeah, the sods. Happy New Year, everyone. Hello, pal. Happy Hello. New Year Did you have a lovely Christmas? Oh, it was, it was smashing. Smashing, fantastic and great. It was. I'm it nice, was. To, nice to see you managed to get yourself out of jail after uh, that little incident on Christmas wow. Eve. I've got to go back. Have you? I'm only on bail. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Now, I guess this episode is an actor that has survived a session with Russell Crowe, has brought the West End to, to the Cotswolds, was instrumental in creating the world's largest human poppy, and is ready for the call from Disney to take over as young Obi Wan Kenobi. Please welcome Ewan Lewis. <laughs> what an introduction. I love it. I Happy love New Year. Year to you, Ian. Thank you very much. Happy New Year to you guys. Thank you. you. And what an end of the year it was. It was. Amazing. Superb. Trump has gone. The Brexit has all been sorted. It's amazing. And my birthday on the 28th of December was incredible. Can you remember anything about it? Well, I just can't remember where my clothes went. (laughs) (laughs) Still today as well. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we've had the pleasure of talking to you before on one of our other podcasts, haven't we? And we. um, And we did talk all about your your past and you're treading the boards and the West End and stuff like that. But you did mention like, Russell Crowe when you were in uh, Les Miserables. Yeah, yeah. How was it? Because we never really got a chance to really talk to you about that. We will talk about this country, all you dump gangers out there. We don't worry, we will. Can you give us a little bit of what it's like to work with uh, someone as um, colourful as, uh, <laughs> as Russell Crowe? He's... he's uh... He's an incredible guy, um, and an incredibly generous guy as well. Because I, you know, I wasn't very big part in the Lamers film, um, but I remember the night where he just said, "We must have drinks tonight." <laughs> so he just clicked his fingers, and lo and behold, at the end of filming that day, a tent had erected in Pinewood Studios. 
and all of our favourite beers had turned up, and he'd booked everyone a taxi home. So we wow. could just stay. And he's, he's just a great, great guy. And I remember the probably one of the most expensive practical jokes of all time when one of the guys uh, who was on the set was a massive Man United fan. And this was the year the Man City first won the league after oh, spending right. all their money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'd bought a load of people, a load of Man City shirts. to Basically, so this guy walked on set and saw a sea of Man City shirts. And he, he just, I don't think he even likes football. I think he's a rugby guy. And suddenly, he's just, he just takes things way too far. He's a lad. He's a great guy. And, that, yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan. I'm a huge fan. Mm. And he is a great actor, isn't he? We he can't is fantastic. That. He is really I, good. I love Russell Crowe. Well, yeah, mm. he has his moments. He does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, so um, we're here to discuss uh, this country, uh, yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. Uh, when did you first find out about this country? I think I was a bit late to the party, to be honest. And uh, I, I remember... Actually, I believe I'd met Daisy before I'd seen this country. Right. And so I met Daisy, and I thought... Uh, she came to one of our performances. Uh, um, I think it was an early one, before the barn had even opened. And uh, I was introduced, and I was like, I've heard the name, I've heard the programme. And then I, I went and watched it and thought, this is absolutely genius. Just cutting edge in this day and age in this entertainment industry. And I, I think both of them just deserve all the credit they get. They've absolutely nailed it and found a niche in the market and really something that we can all relate to. Mm. I, I, I'm not from the West Country, but I'm from West Wales, so I'm even more West than you guys. <laughs> and, you know, I can absolutely relate to it. And it's, it's, it's great, great comedy. But with an edge of reality as well. Mm. Absolutely, that's mm. the thing, isn't it? it? It shows the mundane so well, doesn't it? You know, the, the, of the rural life. So West Wales, obviously, you had the yeah. same sort of thing, hanging around in a bus Guys, stop. Guys, you, you, this is. I moved to Sirencester, and I was like, "Well, this is like London to me." It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's it, you know, I'm from the sticks of mm. rural West Wales. You know, 3G. They're only just getting it now. <laughs> um, but you know, I was born. In, I was brought up in a small little village called Kumivar, and we everyone speaks Welsh. We don't even speak the same language as you guys. Right. And and you know, it, it, but it, the reality of what this, what Daisy and Charlie have beautifully captured, is the fact that <laughs> is the truth of what this is like. But but you know, we do create our own dramas, we do have our own stories and, and they do get magnified beyond belief when you're in this in sort of environment. So it's it's the reason why people love this programme is because it's real. Mm. 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 So you've done a lot of, of acting. Um do you that sort of the, the mockumentary, if you like, are you a fan of that kind of style? I love it. Yeah. The office, um extras. I, I'm a big Gervais fan. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, um, I think that it's, it's a, it's a, a way of sort of putting a spotlight on a city, a situation comedy or whatever it may be. It doesn't even have to be a comedy. Mm. Uh, and I, what was the one about the, the London Olympics? Uh, oh yeah. 2012. 2012. Yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine, a guy from the Les Mis film was, was in that. He was Skinner, I believe it was him. Um, and I think it's a really clever way, as long as it's done well. Mm. And and I think that we, the um, the team from this country just absolutely nailed it with this one. Pro mm. Probably, it's probably I would say this is a bold statement. I think it's 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 the best mockumentary. Mm. It's definitely up there. If if people think it isn't, it's got to be up there with mm. it as well. It, as an as an actor yourself, 
Is that style of acting to do a mockumentary harder than normal acting? Because you've got to be natural, haven't you? You've basically got to look mm. like it's fresh and new and not not like lines of dialogue you're reading. Yeah, well, one of, one of the things I would sort of want to know, and, and I'm as intrigued as you guys are, um, how much of it is genuinely scripted and how much of it is off the cuff? Because the one thing I can relate to is when I worked with Daisy on The Human Poppy and we did that sort of spin-off, <laughs> basically promoting The Human Poppy, but, but we had Kerry mm. and we had Slugs. And Daisy just... Is, has this amazing ability to just think off the top of her head. And she only needs... You give her a seed and she just produces some amazing dialogue. Mm. So I would love to know how much of it is improvised versus how much is scripted. Um, because it was very clear to me um, that it just it's so natural to her. She's so creative... Uh, that it comes out like it's you know it's one of the best script writers out there but but that's the you know to answer your question if she's inventing that off the top of the head top of her head then you know the BAFTA is great but get her an Oscar yeah, because yeah, it's, yeah. it's amazing so again as an actor do you, can you watch something like that as a fan or do you watch it from a professional point of view as well I'm, well, I'm with a, anything, I'm not a, necessarily I'm just this. A, a really bad professional because I'm, <laughs> I'm just a fan at the right. end of the day. So, right. so I, I just love what what this industry and I love um, watching great entertainment and great stories being told. Um, and yeah, so so you know the the proofs in the pudding. Um, she uh, won won a, a BAFTA for her work mm. as an actor, mm. but they also won a BAFTA for their writing as well for for the show itself. Am I right there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just checking, just checking. But but so so yeah, I, and and the proof again coming back to them, both of them are now working on other projects, mm. not just as not just as actors, but as writers as well. So the skill set that they have is is absolutely incredible, and mm. and and you know the the best thing about this was that they, you know, the, yes, Daisy went to train as an actor. But she wasn't trained as a writer. That's instinct. She mm. she learned that from this community. She learned that from being here and seeing observational skills of being able to see what real life is like here. And in the script, that shows. So, you know, just, just, just from her references to curly whirlies and this, that <laughs> and the other, it's genius. It's mm. genuine genius, but so simple. And that's why it works. But, I mean, Charlie hasn't had any training really and he's just as natural as well isn't he i mean so yeah. to, to my mind they must have this uh sort of natural ability to be able to do something like that there's yeah. only so much training you could do to get to that level to be to make it natural sound yeah and, and coming back to what you said about you know asking about the mockumentary style it's real and mm. so many actors go out to learn how to act and actually what we're saying to when you you know i've, I've taught in drama schools and Things and what we try to do a lot of the time is to undo the fake acting as such. Yeah. What what you know, we tell them don't act because actually the brilliance of a performance is when we just see naturalism mm. is real, mm. and and the, and real people are funny. Mm. You know, we only have to walk around Sirencester and we find joy, we find tragedy, we find you know um, complexity in people. And, you know, there's so much of life is sort of um, on Instagram and all that. But actually, I'm more interested in the the ones who are not on Instagram mm. uh, because it, it, there's so much fake life yeah. that's out there at the moment. And it's it's beautiful to see somebody that uh, – a, a, a production team that 
actually glorifies and actually gives some attention to real people. Mm. And we're all like that. You know, there's, there's, there's a character in this country that we can all relate to, these yeah, us, us rural folk. Yeah, sometimes more than one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. as a percentage then, how much can you... How much can you train somebody to be an actor and how much is that actual raw talent? Or is it different for different people? It's, it's a difficult question, to be honest, because there are people that just come out of the woodwork who have never, ever touched training at all and they do a brilliant performance. Charlie's a brilliant example of that. Um, and there's, you know, there's people like myself who I don't think I'm naturally talented as a performer, but I worked so hard at it and then, you know, managed to scrape into drama school, managed to scrape into this, that and the other, get into a show and then learn from the people around me. Mm. Um, and everything is technique, 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 technique. And, and the, the, you know, I, you know, we, we just, there is a, horses for courses as such. Charlie was perfect for a, a mockumentary. Um, there are other actors who'd be perfect for a big, you know, sort of musical in the West End, and that that is that is, you know, it's just about having the right opportunity at the right time and being the right person for that job. Mm. Mm. So when you're working with someone like Russell Crowe, are they, are they the sort of person that would let you watch them and their process, or are they quite guarded and, <laughs> you know, with with somebody that sort of stature and status? Um, well, you know, the, I think <laughs> I with Russell, you can clearly see that he has a very, very strong belief in his process and mm. how he approaches a part or a, or a scene or anything. And and he he, he does he, he does what he does, and and it, it's amazing to watch because he's got one thousand percent belief in himself when he does it. Um, but you look at someone like Eddie Redmayne from the Lemis film, and it's all calculated. He's worked every single look out. He's worked it's from a totally academic point of view. And he's obviously incredibly talented as well. And Russell, I think, is more of the instinctive type. I, I believe there are two types of actors in the world. Right. Purely academic, where they've worked everything out and they've, you know, they, they have been classically trained. They, Shakespeare, they can just recite anything off the top of their heads. And they're just very, very clever people who know that a look to the left will give you a sort of... A different vibe, and mm. you know, and they mm. go for it. And Russell is just like he's just he's just got the instinct, and he and he nails it. You know, I think he struggled um, a little bit in Lamez um, because there was so much um, emphasis on the music side of things. But he's, he's a great musician as well, so he, you know, I don't think there's anything that he can't do. And but it came purely from instinct, mm. right? Right. So, oh, go on. I was going to say, so you caught up late with this country then. Did you happen to sit down and joyfully binge watch both series? I've watched both series. The only thing I haven't watched is the special Ooh. extra episode. No spoilers then. Which, well, I, I literally was just like, guys, I think there's an episode that I missed that came out a couple of months ago. I was just speaking to the guys at the barn and uh, they were like, Oh my gosh, that's the best one! <laughs> so I can't wait to actually get back and yeah, check. Yeah. We, 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 no, won't, we won't um, say anything uh, on that one. Yeah, Don't listen sure. to our podcast on it. <laughs> got to make sure that I'm not putting anything. Uh, no, you're right. Yeah, you're right. With bits and pieces that I've got coming up a little bit later on. Um, maybe you want to tell our listeners um, exactly about like the Barn Theatre um, because uh, you've what? What exactly is your role there? 
I'm the, the artistic director. The artistic director. Mm -hmm. Okay, and, and what exactly does that entail? I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be too stressful, because I can't see any grey hairs there. You're looking, I don't know, I'm looking a lot older. Looking... So, so, somebody texted me the other day and said, God, you look old. <laughs> that's, oh, that's nice. Not that's not very nice, is it? Uh, but yeah, so I've been, I've been in and around Sirencester for four years now. Um, we redeveloped um, the, the old barn theatre into the new barn theatre. And we opened in March as a professional producing theatre where we put on um, professional productions. We get the best actors in the country to come down and do shows that I think that will work for this audience that is down in Sirencester. And, um, yeah, we, we are at our final... Well, we into the new year, as we are now. We are in the midst of our final production of 2018-2019, uh, which is Just So the Musical, which is a big family alternative to a pantomime, which is uh, based on the Just So stories by Rudyard Kipling. And we have um, just been nominated for the stage award for best fringe theatre in the country. Wow. Um, so on the stage is the big sort of um, national... Mm. Um, theatre press. So yeah, we're we're doing all right. We're doing we're doing a great job, and I'm so incredibly proud of the team that we've got at the barn. And uh, I just can't wait to see. We've we've only just scratched the surface, mm. so I can't wait to see what we uh, what we achieve in the next couple of years. So you don't necessarily get touring productions to come in. You're putting all these productions on yourself. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Um, because you know, uh, without discrediting any other theatre, and especially in these sort of tough political and economic times. Um, the, the, the thing about the barn that what makes it absolutely unique is that we develop our own work. Um, and that, that is called a producing house. Um, in and a receiving house like the Cheltenham Everyman, which is also brilliant, um, will just... I think they do a little bit of producing on the, and they've got a studio space, but they will receive production. So somebody will put on an amazing production in London and it'll tour to the Cheltenham Everyman. But if you want to see absolutely unique productions you'll come to the barn theater you can only see it here unless we which we're about to do with uh, in 20 in this year uh, we're about to uh, put out productions on tour or move shows into the west end and beyond so hopefully um although Sirencester has been on the map since the Roman times, uh, hopefully we'll put on the theatrical map Sirencester will, you know, the Barn Theatre Sirencester will be touring around the UK or into the West End or maybe beyond. Mm -hmm. So how many productions do you sort of plan to have each year? Is it going to change? So, so five in-house productions. Right. Um, running from four to six weeks each. Uh, so, f And then we will receive stuff as well. So there'll be shows that um, sort of what we call our inspirational partners, people who do amazing work to the standard that we think that our audiences would like, they will also come. So 48 weeks of the year, there'll be shows on at the Barn Theatre. Wow. So what was your highlights of last year, then? Oh, last year, what a year it was. Um, I, I, do you know, every single one is all different. Um, you know, we opened with The Secret Garden, which um, um, so that is an incredible, incredible story, and we did it. That sort of set the bar for us. Um, and the one, th the thing that we do very different is there's always actor musicianship. Um, so we don't just hire actors; they have to be able to play instruments as well. So the, the the music element is created from the company itself. And then I directed a piece which was commercially incredibly unsuccessful, um, <laughs> which is called One Minute. But I think it you know it was quite hard hitting. Um, the themes of which were very difficult it was by a, a writer called Simon Stevens who really knows how to 
take an audience to town and make them feel very uncomfortable and he's an amazing writer and I know it was a great great production but it wasn't a big hit was that the one with a lot of effing and jeffing with the a letter a huge amount of f's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um but but it was a, it was a really fantastic um, production. I had a great team working with me on that one, and then we went into the rise and fall of Little Voice, which is a Jim Carter play where there was a BBC film of it back in the nineties, I believe, and uh, that was incredible as well. Then into a big comedy, Sherlock Holmes and the Hound of the Baskervilles, a big spoof. Uh, you guys should come down to the theatre at some point. That's what I think. We, we, we yes. must do. Uh... You would have loved Town of the Baskervilles. It was yeah. just genuinely hilarious. And obviously over the Christmas period, which was very successful for us, <laughs> um, it was uh, just so the musical based on the Rudyard Kipling, just so stories. Was I right in thinking The Full Monty was in there as well? So The Full Monty was an amazing production, but th- that was from one of our incredible community amateur groups. Really? Uh, yeah. They're, they, they're, so that's the beauty of the Barn Theatre. This is not... Some you know folk in who work there as theatre. This is Sirencester Theatre. So, and these uh, amateur groups have been there. You know, Sirencester Operatic Society. I think have been there for fifty years, or, or maybe probably more. And there's another group called Theatre Inc. And they put on the Full Monty. And that's that's what's different about this place is that it's all. It, this isn't our theatre. It's the the community's theatre to come down and enjoy. A, a wide variety, a wide spectrum of shows from amateur theatre, which is always amazing, and I love going to see those shows, to top professionals, the best talent in the West End or any theatre industry coming down to Sirencester to put on their best work, which we produce. Mm. Now, Daisy is uh, involved. Yeah, she's in an ambassador. Way. She's, she's an, ambassador. an ambassador, yeah. yeah. So, so how did that... Yeah, so so we met. We met. I can't, I can't remember the first time we met. Um, I, I believe it was when she came to see one of our concerts before we were open as a theatre. We did something down at the church, um, the uh, Saint John the Baptist Church in Sarasota. We put on a Christmas concert, and uh, we invited Daisy, and she came with her mum, and she loved the piece and said, "I." I want to get involved with this theatre and I think her big thing and coming back to this country and how it's about sort of rural communities and how you know there's not much going on sometimes and she just said I wish there was something like uh, the barn academy so we have an academy with the barn Um, I wish there was something like that when I was growing up Mm -hmm. she had to go to RADA to sort of study acting and I, I, you know, I think she tried things like stagecoach and that as she was growing up, but there was nothing that sort of had those commun- that community spirit um, and really wanted, you know, our ambition is not to create West End prose, it's to create awesome young people mm. for the Barn Academy mm. and uh, to, to show that performing, uh, the performing arts and the arts itself has a much bigger role in society than just creating little divas to be on the stage mm. and the life lessons that you can learn from the performing arts. And she, uh, Daisy just bought into what we were trying to achieve and just really wanted to back it and support it. And I couldn't be more grateful for what she's done for us. Indeed. Fantastic. Mm. Indeed. Now, it would be amiss a of us not to mention the human poppy. Oh, yeah, um, sure, yeah. It was... Uh, you were unfortunately working, weren't you? I Neil? unfortunately <laughs> had to work. Some but, days uh, are a bad day. Yeah, for me. myself <laughs> and uh, I think about half a dozen, probably eight or nine of the the dump gang came down. Where I received and this badge, indeed, the badge that I'm wearing right now, with honour as well. Look, two oh eight, two oh eight, number two oh eight. Not bad. Good. Not bad. You have to get that tattooed on your forehead as well. <laughs> <laughs> If someone else pays for it, I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Oh, no, we'll have a little whip round. Um, 
where did that whole idea come from? Well, so so it wasn't actually my original idea. Um, some um, David Fowles, who is a, a prominent um, political guy in the area, he runs. He's a sort of a, what's he do? The Cirencester Community Development Trust. He came to me with the idea of doing something big for the hundredth anniversary of the end of the First World War. And I really, really wanted to get him involved in it because I, I just think it, as a young people in, really don't tend to, they're unable to relate mm. to that. And even myself, I didn't appreciate it until I ended up in school doing cadets and this, that and the other. And um, when David suggested the idea of the human poppy, I was like, I'm so motivated to try and make this work. And so David um, asked myself to get involved, and and I said, "Well, we'll need the Barn Theatre team behind this." And we, you know, we got all the operational stuff, the organisation stuff sorted. And I thought, this is just not going to fly unless um, we get the backing of somebody who can really relate to this audience. The audience being the people of Sirencester. And uh, I asked Daisy and told her about the concept and she thought, yes, I really want to be involved in this. Mm. And I couldn't be more grateful for her support because, you know, a couple of weeks before, you know, all of us, apart from, probably apart from me, everyone else was thinking this is, we're never going to get 3,000 plus people there. And then, uh, you know, I, I spoke to Daisy and I'm like, let's make... You know, we'll do a couple, a series of little videos, and some of them Daisy did on her phone, and some of them I brought in my team to sort of film, and a series of videos, and we will, I, we will get the people there, and lo and behold, you know, we put out a video of Daisy going to the town council to pick up a poncho with slugs involved and everything, <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and uh, and then uh, we got that video got one hundred and sixty thousand views. Wow. And the people turned up. To, yeah, they did, didn't they? It was it was absolutely incredible. So, she was hugely instrumental in making this happen. And um, but and the the beautiful thing about it was that at no point were we sort of trying to achieve you know a viral status or this that, and the other. We genuinely believed in achieving something that the end result was that young people of or old people bought into remembrance in a new way. Yeah. Mm. Because the language of times have, have changed, where a remembrance service used to be sitting down in a church with your head bowed and praying or whatever it would be, which is amazing. Mm. It's great. Nobody is saying that that's wrong. But the language of the youth of today has changed. We now text with emojis. We are now on social media. We are now checking YouTube rather than watching the BBC a lot of the time. Absolutely. Mm, so, so remembrance has to adapt. Mm. You know, I I still think that you know I saw some some ass on <laughs> on social media said, yeah, uh, that's the way to remember a fucking flash mob. Mm. And I said, I, I was just like, that's what an ridiculous statement. What are you, what are you doing? Mm. Because what I'm what I was trying to achieve with Daisy and with the guys of the Sirencester Community Development Trust and the Barn Theatre and the Town Council was to make it digestible 
for a young person or somebody who hasn't ever been able to relate to this. Mm. And mm. hopefully, you know, we can just take that and we can move on and people people will go, okay, I remember the, the I remember the time I was there on the 11th mm. of November 2018 and I paid my respects. Yeah. And that, that's, I hope we got most of the way there. But also I, the end result was very impactful. When you saw the picture yeah. from above, it looked beautiful. It was. Mm-hmm. But I also guarantee that there'll be some youngsters that day will be asking their mums and dads or their grands and gramps, why is it a poppy? What, what's it to do with yeah. a poppy? And then they get taught mm. the reason. And I think that's the whole point of it is the fact that it has to be handed down in some way. Exactly. Otherwise it gets forgotten. Exactly. And things like that should never be forgotten. <clears throat> Absolutely. Absolutely. So I think it was a fantastic and and when you saw the footage of like the the drone showing it afterwards, yeah. it was it was stunning. It was moving as well. It was absolutely especially when everybody took their ponchos ponchos off and was waving, waving. them. And that that was it that you know so much of it is about commemoration and that's absolutely right. Um but the the big belief we all had um was that we've actually, from 1918 to 2018, what have we... Look at the amazing things we've achieved. Yeah. And so much of right now, as we know, in 2019... Um, <laughs> <Hold on>. <laughs> <laughs> in 2019, that, you know, whatever's happened with Brexit to this point, mm. uh, and it's we, we should be incredibly celebratory, uh, celebratory about what we've achieved. Yeah, we we are, you know, we do bloody podcasts from a shed. Indeed, it's we amazing. Do. We we put our voices out there to the yeah. world. We live in an amazing, amazing time, and we should be so grateful that we were allowed to do that from the people who sacrificed so much back in 1918 and 1914 to 1918 and any other war. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I, I feel genuine gratitude. And the human poppy was the smallest bit that we could have done. It's the least that we mm. could do. Yeah, and you know, working with Daisy and everyone else in that project was a genuine pleasure. And I just can't wait for the next ridiculous project that we can put together. <laughs> and there are some coming. But that's good. I mean, you know, again, Sarancester as a time has a lot of people that uh, that slam it and a lot mm. of people that are constantly having a go. They, but, they do, they do. And what always makes me angry is that they are the same people that when people then put things on... I'm not going to that. Yeah, never. They're the first that. people that will complain that there's nothing for the kids to do. There's nothing for anybody to do in the time. And then as soon as somebody thinks, "Hang on, we'll do this," nah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go and do that. And that's the frustrating thing. But we've got to, we've we've got to change sort of the the ethos of you know even in the last four years that I've been here, I've mm. seen a huge change. Mm. I've you know, I, it's trying to establish an organisation uh, in this town. And we've gone through the ups and downs already, and it's only four years in. And I started this project when I was 26 years old. And, um, you know, imagine a 26-year-old is a very insecure person. <laughs> yeah. Very insecure. But you're not 30. You're not good enough. You're not old enough to sort of have some, you know, an actual career behind you or, or a, a beginnings of a career. And you're not 20 where you are so ignorant that you don't care. 26 is the worst age. And, you know, I came here and started try, trying to establish this barn theatre. And nobody want, nobody cared. Nobody cared. And and I look at what sort of where we are now or whether it's projects like The Human Poppy or any of our shows that have gone on. And I, I go, this town could be the most exciting 
brilliant, innovative, passionate town in the country mm. if people will just flip the switch. Mm. And they are. I'm starting to see lights pop up yeah, all yeah. over this town. And it's happening. And I can see, you know, I, I, the big change. You know, a couple of years ago, I'd walk down the street, I'd say hello to people, and people look down, and they wouldn't bother with me at all. Today, I've walked down the street, people are waving, people are smiling, people are saying hello. There is a change happening in Sirencester, and I mm. think I think we've all just got to get on board and push it through. Yeah, yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. Well said. Yes, brilliant. Thank you. Fantastic words for the start of 2019. 2019, my favourite year so far. Indeed. (laughs) Right, we're going to play a little game. Great. Oh, I'm going to lose. Okay, so this is called Kerry or Curtain. I'm going to give you a line of dialogue. You have to tell me if it was Kerry or Curtain. I knew I should have revised. (laughs) There's no good revising. (laughs) 50-50. Okay. um, Right, this one you are going to have to guess because this is from the special, this one. It doesn't, it doesn't give any, uh, There's no spoilers. any spoilers, no. Okay, here's number one. <laughs> Terry's too much of an old scrope to change the code. One more time, one more time. Terry's too much... Was that a bad reading of the line? I'm no, sorry. No, 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 it was, it was <clears throat> great. I'm trying to hear it in okay. a voice. Oh, I see, right. Terry's too much of an old scrote to change the code. Mm, I'm going to go with Curtin. Well done. Number two. Whoa, what are you doing? You're letting the heat out, you lummock. That's scary. That's Curtin. Oh, no. That's Curtin. Number three. Yeah, he's a sociopath. That's what he wants you to think. It's just an act. Kerry. That was Curtin as oh, well. Three <laughs> curtains in a row. I went, with, I went with the odds. So now you've got to go with the psychoanalyst now. Yeah, 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 Has yeah. he gone for four curtains nah. in a row? Or would, that would be stupid yeah, to do yeah, that, yeah. wouldn't it? Number four. <laughs> How long do you reckon he's been in there for? I reckon 20 minutes. I know the episode. It's at the village hall, isn't it? Is that the village? I can't give you any clues. I think I'm, it's, I'm going to say Kerry. It was Kerry. Actually, that was outside the house when he, she was selling her... Uh, um, Magic mix, you know, that grass. The grass uh, stuff, and he's inside playing Warhammer. Uh, and the final <laughs> one, for a three out of five, uh, and Slugs is like Gaston. Slugs is like Gaston. Disney reference. I'm going to go with Curtin. Well done, young man. Three out of five. Three out of five. That's not that's bad. That's not bad. That's not, that's bad. not, bad. That's not, bad. not great. But, no, you know, it's very 60% good. Sixty percent above average. Yeah. That's good. That's very, good. More than half. <laughs> Absolutely, very good. So, <clears throat> in the barn theatre, then, obviously, this country being a comedy, are you are you looking to get stand-up comedians and that sort of thing coming through rather yeah. than just plays? Yeah. Well, we had uh, Rory Bremner, of course, we, um, yeah. who uh, went, he, he literally rocked up in his car, just parked on the curb. Double yellows, um, and, uh, and he just walked in and said, oh, "I've heard great things about this place. Can I do a gig here?" And I wasn't, I wasn't even there. Um, Chris, the theatre manager, said, "Yeah, do you want to come and have a look?" He walked around the place, started painting some of the set. We had a show going. Literally, we handed him a brush, and he started painting. And uh, so, by the end of the day, he was like, "Yeah, we'll, we'll come in a couple of weeks' time. We'll do a show." Within putting Rory Bremner on sale, within. Within sort of 12 hours, it sold out. And then within 24 hours, we'd put on an extra show, and that sold out as well. So for, for me, it's a no-brainer that we need to mm. to put on stuff that people want to see. And Rory's great, but there's so many amazing performers out there. You guys can come as well. <laughs> uh, that we should, we should put on at the Barn Theatre. And we, we've got to give the people what they want. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, do you want to say what the... Uh, I'm assuming you have an email address. No, not an email address. Website, What's it called? What's it called? The kids call these website. days. It's a website. website. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if you want to check out the Barn Theatre, um, we have... Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and I think we've actually got annoyingly different tags on each of them. So, but it's Barn Theatre something. Yeah. And then on our website is barntheatre.org.uk. We're a charity, so um, come and check us out and see what's going on in 2019. We've, you've, we're about to announce our, our 2019 season, which. I can't tell you right now, but yes, no. yes, yes. No, no, that's no. fine. Well, we'll put the uh, the website on the on the show notes so that everybody can just click on that, and we'll be able to get all the information Brilliant. that they can. Before we finish, um, you you said that you haven't watched the aftermath yet. No, I'm going to watch it as so soon as possible. So it'll be interesting for you to find out what you think is going to happen because obviously mm. series two finished on a bit of a cliffhanger. Yeah. Now, obviously, we know what happens. I'd be just interested in, yeah. from your point of view what you think is going to happen. Okay, so. I believe that Carrie's going... I, I believe it was set up for us to all think that she was going to jail. Right, okay. So my belief is that she doesn't. Okay. And I think the dad... I think there's... there's yeah, I think the dad's gone to jail and that um, I, I think she's still... Even after this whole dilemma, after she's... She's he he's absolutely dragged her under the bus. I think she still has love for that paternal link, and uh, yeah, I, I don't know. But I think she'll always defend her father because she loves him so much. Interesting. It'll be interesting to see what you think after you've watched it. Am I anywhere near? I, I would hate to say it to. I wouldn't want to ruin it for you at all. I wonder if she'll end up standing up in court and defending him. I don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. That's interesting. I'm trying to have a real poker face now, mm. so I'm not giving. You're in for away. a good ride, though. We'll tell you that okay, you're in okay, for an okay. enjoyable Indeed. episode. And I'll uh, go back and watch it tonight after this. And obviously, if if Disney called, would you be interested in the Obi Wan <laughs> trilogy? Because I think you'd be perfect for it. I, to be honest, I just don't think I'm good enough an actor. To... Oh, <laughs> oh come on! I'm Yuan with an I, and he's Yuan with an E. So. But he's 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 too old now. He's too old. That's true. If well, it was if it was going to be the the sort of the young Obi Wan. Sort of, I've committed myself to Siren Sister. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> well, they can always bring. They're a big industry. They can bring Star Wars to Siren. Yeah, they bought it never to Puzzlewood, so did. Siren's easy. So. There you go. Yeah. Well, well, you never know. I, I'm open to debate. Call. I haven't got an agent. Okay, so call <laughs> I, I, I left. He my doesn't agent. need an agent. <laughs> just call us. He just doesn't. Yeah, yeah. We can be your agent. Yeah, right. Just go. call us. So, yeah. Call you guys. We'll get a sort. Indeed. <laughs> you and thank you so much for yeah, spending some time with us. No, thank you for inviting it's me. It's been an absolute pleasure. It and really onwards has. and upwards with the bar. Indeed. Carry on doing the work you're doing. Thank you very much. And, and you uh, guys, you guys, it's incredible. Thank, thank you. Incredible. Thank you. And whatever your next crazy um, human poppy two. I sounds like human centipede. Literally, when I hated. The name, the human poppy. I thought it was a ridiculous name. I wanted to call it like the poppy of hope or right. the poppy of the future. Yeah, human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> just kept bringing through. I just couldn't keep a straight face. Straight oh face with it. Oh my god! Yeah. yeah, let's not uh, let's not dwell on that anymore. <laughs> no. no, Neil, would you want to do a little bit of Absolutely. housekeeping for the for the first episode of the brand new yes. year? Yes, you can find us on all the social media sites: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. under WTAF. This country, uh, we. Have have our own website which is wtaf podcast 
dot com. We'll do like that all the time. Yeah, yeah that was good. and uh, you can find us on Patreon where uh, you could help us out and keep us going for uh, rewards. Indeed, Patreon dot com forward slash WTAF. We have some wonderful cast signed bits and pieces uh, for different levels of our. Uh, Patronage, is that right? Yeah. Something like that. That's very good. Yes, patreon.com forward slash WTAF. And uh, obviously come to our website for all the merch. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. We've got merch. (laughs) We've got merch. merch. We've got bits and pieces there as well. Absolutely. All on the website. Once again, thank you very much, Ewan. It's been a real pleasure to talk to you. My pleasure. As always. We'll do it again soon. Absolutely. absolutely. Thank you very much, Neil. Thank you very much, Pav. Thank you very much, everybody. Happy New Year. Now go and get plumbed, you fuckers. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.